0: Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, all. Welcome back to
1: Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with you again. And I've got a very, a treat for you to to hear about it with our guest today, who was a guest that I also watched on television, but I'm sure many of you do. But before I get into that, I want to put everyone in there a classic reminder that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and does not constitute working with the licensed mental health professional in your area. Please seek one out in your area to work on your unique issues. So as I said, this is a unique treat because this was somebody I was watching on television uh, back, to, I think, 19... 19- 2013, 2014, as they were on a very popular show that was having a bunch of spinoffs that were coming from it, Mm -hmm. and I enjoyed their character. And once I finally clicked the character when we were talking earlier, it's like, oh yes, very much, and like, oh yeah, I do remember some of those hair changes that happened for them, and what took place there is just an example of the struggles we deal with as people of color, especially people of African descent. Uh, An Ancestry, about the issues around our hair. So let me go ahead and introduce you to our guest today, who is Shalita Brent, a Tony-nominated actress, made headlines when she courageously left a popular TV show due to her struggle with traction, alopecia, and hair damage, which affected her in front of millions of viewers. Determined to find a solution, she developed a groundbreaking plant-based hair treatment that addressed her own complex type four hair issues. And just for those who know, we have have a hair chart and our hair breaks down to a different levels. Type four is pretty much one is the highest level. This led to her establishing four naturals hair in her dining room in Tallulah Lake, California in 2019, which which has now expanded into a nationwide salon and home care treatment system. With its plant-based active ingredients, the 4 Naturals treatment has become a tr- transformative solution for textured hair, allowing Shalita's characters to look their best. Though through her brand, she has empowered her clients, lovingly known as Curl Friends, to experience newfound freedom and confidence with their type 4 hair, whether on vacation or in their daily lives. Shalita's c- comments or commitment to he- healing and uplifting Black women has also extended to developing a patent pending textured hair detangling technique that brings pain-free and stress-free experience to both mothers and their children. Despite her own hair struggles, Lita's chose to rise above and make a positive impact in the industry. While finding joy in her personal life with her partner, former MMA world champion, Jessica, uh, Aguilar and their three dogs in Pueblo, Mexico. So Salita, welcome to Untying Knots.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
1: well, thank you for being here. And when I've when you when I was contacted about having you on, is like and I was reading it, it's like, oh yes, must must talk to this person. This because I think this is a very key story, as I said, the issue we have with hair. And it's been a long history we've had in this country. I mean, some of the most most profound one was the ones that were affecting us in New Orleans with the uh Tagna or chagna law which Chignan, uh-huh. Chigna law which required all, all black women to pretty much be having their hair covered which we did see are that we rose to the occasion and made some beautiful pieces and also use of cloth, uh cloths to make that stand out uh at that period of time to what we've been dealing with in the last I think it was five years with the crown act as well mm-hmm. about professional environments and our hair options. Cause we can't change the nature of our hair.
2: That's right. That's right. And today, Juneteenth mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, today actually marks uh, Michigan passed the crown act today uh, through governor Whitmer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the question is like, when and how does it get passed federally? Like, when mm-hmm. does it become a federal right for black women and men and boys and girls to wear our hair the way it grows out of our head
1: mm-hmm. and not have it seen as somehow unprofessional or disgusting? It's like, wow, is yeah. just that, all of that. But to that standpoint, I got to ask the first question. How did you get here?
2: Oh, how did I get here? Well, that's a really good segue. Um, I got here because I, as a black woman with pretty Mm -hmm. typical black hair, I also dealt with hair issues, uh, issues that (laughs) other people, white colleagues were not dealing with. Mm-hmm. um i have typical black hair but i have this atypical career that requires the use of my hair mm-hmm. so and the the catch 22 is that the my industry does not hire people who know how to care for or you know even do the techniques that mm-hmm. my particular hair had so mm-hmm. um, on the show, NCIS New Orleans, um, anybody that saw the show knew that my character's ponytail changed like every episode. Sometimes like within the episode, I would have like a completely different head scalp construction. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they were not privy to were the damage that, that I was chasing, like all of the, uh, all of these changes were in response to the damage that my hair was taking by even Mm -hmm. having these hairstyles. Um, Mm -hmm. so for three years, I struggled with this mandate of wearing a ponytail that didn't have a lot of, texture that didn't have a tight texture. Mm -hmm. And so for three years, every um, solution, every solution that was offered came with a litany of other problems. So Mm -hmm. extensions meant that with my job, if I have a big episode for other actors, like when you got an episode that features your character, it's really Mm -hmm. exciting. For me, the experience was I got traction alopecia. I mm. lost my hair. So, um, you know, it I found myself in this weird psychological and I guess you would call it cognitive dissonance, like this experience of cognitive dissonance where it's like this is the best job of my life. This is the most money I've ever made in my life. This is the biggest platform I've been on. But the reality was these people don't seem to care about you know the problems that I'm having. Um, they are putting these restrictions on me and it's clear that I can't meet them and there are other options, but they don't seem to be open to them. Um, and as a result of that, I am experiencing, you know, this humiliation. The fans mm-hmm. are not concerned with me doing my own stunts. They're talking about my wig. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was like the best job of my life, but I'm also living this nightmare. Um, so in in 2016, 2017, I realized that I had to leave my job. So season four, Mm -hmm. when I came back in this helmet head wig, I was on a trajectory out of the door, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I had this boundary of, but I can't let them continue to like destroy my hair on my Mm -hmm. way out. Mm -hmm. So when I left that show, I was met with, all right, now it's like got to see if you can get another job and you also got to see how you're going to present yourself in that job
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which hits so many areas not just for the fact that you've been in front of the camera but we see this problem as well happening just in the corporate environment just even in the day-to-day job I mean I mean I've walked past security guards of black women who have been security guards and it's like honey, I understand that hair.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the choice, because for a lot of us, you know, our hair, like let's talk about black hair. It's stereotypical black hair. What is the experience? The experience is dry. It's super mm-hmm. fragile. It's very confusing. It's inconsistent. And we have jobs that we have to show up to every day. And Mm -hmm. that requires, you know, if you have your health, if you, you know, have all of your abilities, you know, being able to walk, to see, you know, whatever you can count on your body, right. To get you to work on time, but Mm. it's always our hair that can interrupt us getting to work on time can interrupt us even keeping that job. You know, for a fast food worker, it is not an uncommon experience or an uncommon like truth that they know. Oh, I know someone who had that happen where you go away for the weekend or on a day off, you come back to work and you have braids in your hair. Like Mm -hmm. some women get fired that day. You know, mm-hmm. some women that's used as a, a, a thing against her to eventually fire her. So like we understand that our hair is the most policed thing on our body. And it's a thing that we need to like, you know, show up like you got to do something with it. So for a lot of us, we choose wigs it's easier for a police officer i've worked with one she was a curl friend in 2019 it's easier for for her to wear a wig and put it in a ponytail than it is for her to put her own hair into a ponytail why mm-hmm. because the reality of her hair is it takes over an hour to get that hair into a ponytail that is presentable right mm-hmm. and so and so for black women there is just this extra added you know, pressure of all of these hair requirements, depending on whatever walk of life you're in, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Oh yeah. And for some going on to the geek front for a second here, uh, and some have heard in some of my past episodes, uh, there was the arrow television show and they had a particular character called Mr. Terrific. Mm -hmm. And whenever he was in his superhero form, they showed him with basically corn rolls. But when he was in his civilian form, he had a bush. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you have any idea how long it takes to do that? <laughs> and you're showing him like later this evening, he's going out and fighting crime. It's like, he's a brilliant genius. So let's actually show a scene where his technology is braiding his hair.
2: Is get is his hair like get being braided immediately? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just like that becomes a factor for... That struggle with that suspension of reality, which it sounds like was something that was happening a lot for those watching you deal with that hair struggle, is that the suspension of reality, knowing the struggle and issues we have with our hair, was not allowing them to focus on what your character was doing in the show.
2: Right. And, you know, as an actress, as a trained actress, you know, I understand that your body tells the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people see the things and they go, well, how is this and how is that? And it, and it does. It makes it very hard to suspend your disbelief because you're like, it just, just don't make no sense. Like, this mm-hmm. is so ludicrous that I am completely taken out of this and it sucks that the trained actress was the one giving people that experience, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of like ego points, you know, that Mm -hmm. I had to like get through and contend with, you know, having that experience that was honestly through no like fault of my own, you know, this, Mm -hmm. these are just outside requirements that were on me. And Mm -hmm. like you said, this is something that all Black women understand because exactly. we all have and the same requirements.
1: Exactly, and you're not alone in that. I mean, we've also Viola Davis has come out with her issues with alopecia as well. And I hate to say I'm blanking on her name, or the representative in uh, Congress uh, has been willing to even just show up without her hair to do her job, right? Which is what she's there for, right? But no, you want to complain about her lack of hair,
2: right? Exactly yeah.
1: and both the strength that it takes for you and for all of these others to be in this public face is something I commend. but I also know that takes its toll on your mental health.
2: Yeah. so let's talk like how you build strength. It <laughs> sucks. It's not it's not like for any of your you know clients that are listening or all of your listeners like if you're going through a tough time right now, you're literally in the gym of life. Think of mm-hmm. it that way. Because mm-hmm. if you can make it through whatever you're going through now, you're going to come out of that with some good tools or some bad tools. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think at the end of the day, you know, I understand that everything comes with problems and everybody's got their row to hoe. And I think at the end of the day, it's not really about having that row to hoe or not. It's about how you get through it.
1: I'm curious, what was the mental health journey you went through for that?
2: Oh boy. All right. So if we're going to keep going with that analogy of the gym of life, mm-hmm. I was the chick in the corner. It just like, in the 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 exercise group room with like no machines but like all of like the 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 medicine ball the floaty things the the <laughs> the dumbbells everything mm-hmm. and i'm doing compound exercises because that's what i needed i when we talked uh before i told you these days they're not 8 hour days no a 12 hour day is a light day for us Our average was 14 to 16 hours. Mm -hmm. We had one director. She held us for almost 20 hours. It Mm -hmm. was insane. So like these hours, like if you look up TV, like we get into accidents like the crew because everyone's underslept. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you're doing this for like 100 days. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm just doing this for 100 days. Got to get it in and so for all of these hours <laughs> you know you get hungry you get angry you get lonely you can get tired you know mm-hmm. i i had to learn how to become a master Of myself. And yeah, I looked up self mastery. I, you know, anything my therapist referred to me, any books, I actually read them um, (laughs) and put them into practice. Mm -hmm. um, Because this is hours a day of you know, just shit. If it's not about the hair, it's about this. If it's not about this, it's about that. And again, the body, right. Mm -hmm. You haven't slept that much, you know, you don't want to eat catering because it's really unhealthy. And, you know, you get so tired after having grease at four o'clock that, you know, by 10 you're fried, you know, and you can't focus. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, it was for me, I think of that time now on the other end, like it was like, spiritual boot camp you mm-hmm. know just learning a all the ways that i wasn't clean you know like in terms of like being within a group, you know, Mm -hmm. we always say like, uh, Hollywood is like high school, but with money. And so you gossip and you, you know, Mm -hmm. and so my first like year was like learning all of these like pitfalls that you can like fall into these Mm -hmm. like kind of negative cycles that you get in that make the negative things that happen even worse, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then it was like, okay, how do I apply all of these things? Um, so in the moment, it hurt. It hurt a lot. I cried a lot. There were a lot of emergency sessions. You know, it was hard. It was really challenging. And being on the other side, you know, hindsight, I know I I made it out, but there were times when I was just like, why am I doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. what is this for? And for anybody in your audience that are having those thoughts, just keep living. Just keep living. Just keep going because every storm comes to an end. Every Mm -hmm. hurricane has an end. You get the eye, you get all the shit after, but it comes to an end. And- I relied a lot. I found the stoic philosophy during this time. And one of the things, this is like my, my wrist tattoos are fati, mm-hmm. And that is the love of one's fate. So the stoics with this philosophy, it's just like, yo, this is your life. Mm-hmm. If you're getting married, you love your life. If your mm-hmm. house burns down, Love your life because everything that happens in this life is for our good. And if it comes with pain, there is a lesson. So if you don't die from any of the things you're going through, these are lessons, right? And so if your house burns down, what are the lessons? Fire safety, how to rebuild, learning that you're resilient. You know, Mm -hmm. moving on, like all the things that come with that. There is beauty in that, right? Just as much as with, you know, getting married. (laughs) Hell, getting a fucking Mm -hmm. divorce, you know? So like (laughs) everything is a lesson or it's love. And for me, it was like, all right, I'm going to make it through this. And when I get to the other side of this, I'm going to get the lesson. But in 2018, when I left that show... I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what that lesson was.
1: And I'm going to assume that working with your therapist was part of the way of being able to recognize and find some of these lessons, because what you're also illustrating is what we call post-traumatic growth,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is the opposite side of an uh, experience going uh, through PTSD and also complex PTSD, where it someone can either have it destroy them or they can build something from it and build themselves which is the growth standpoint of it. And that's what we always want to encourage with our clients. Sometimes it just takes a bit for them to start seeing where the growth is there. And that can be part
2: of our mental health journey. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful though? And I think that's so cool that you like help people come to that realization. One of the things that my therapist, the one that I like, I've been in therapy for like 12 years or something like that. Uh, But my last one is the one that I I had for several years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that she said to me when we first started working together was, my job is to help you be happier being you. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, with that framework, I was able to work through like the relationships that I had at the time, you know, with management and, you know, these professional relationships and like understanding who I was in relation to these people and how these like what we were doing, how it made me feel and how sometimes I found myself negotiating out of you know, being alignment with myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't feel like this is the right thing, but because they're telling me, ah, I'm just going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the, the end result of that, ah, I'm just going to do it. It It's that self-betrayal, right? When it mm-hmm. doesn't go right, right. And learning how to trust myself again, just learning how to be more um, comfortable Being myself and having the thoughts and feelings that I have.
1: Which is something that gets caught up and can be easily caught up. As you mentioned, Hollywood is like high school in that idea that we have to fit in the crowd. And that's even harder when you are being a Black acting professional on a show that's being seen across the country and is in syndication as well. That image becomes, oh, the thing that we're supposed to be focusing on as opposed to your well being for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. And making that choice for myself, like choosing my well-being over the paycheck mm-hmm. was really scary. Um, but it became necessary. And mm-hmm. I think that that choice is also part of my story with myself when I have these like rock the boat moments in life. It's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you've proven yourself to choose yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be okay. It's rocky, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) It's been Mm -hmm. worse. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you mentioned that, uh, some of the work that, and we also talked about this in our pre-show was the standpoint of one of the things that would have made for your character realness and something that could have worked in the show was this journey with the alopecia uh, and the struggles that what it means for a let's say a black police officer which is the character uh, law enforcement agent you were playing to deal with this issue of the hair and their day-to-day life
2: yeah but you know that like those were decisions i always say this this is above my pay grade um i mean those these were the above my pay grade you know decisions um Mm -hmm. at the end of the day that show has it's like the stories that they are comfortable telling mm-hmm. uh, for the reasons they're comfortable telling them. And, you know, that was one of the lessons that I had to take in that, mm-hmm. hey, it doesn't matter how excellent you are as an actress. It doesn't matter how many ideas you bring to the producers, like the hair thing. I thought you were going to say this, but about like how the hair for an undercover cop like at first season season two i was like hey i can change my hair up and like mm-hmm. be like in disguise and it was just met with like you know not really what we're interested mm-hmm. in you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so again like above my pay grade wasn't what my character would the the need that my character served for them. And yeah, like at the end of the day, that was, that was it. And I had to leave because of that. Like it's, it, mm-hmm. we were not aligned, you know, we oh, yeah. were mismatched.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which then also creates an issue. I think larger, and this also plays into our larger mental health as a group in society is like, you're gonna have black characters. Or we're going to have some different stories there. And if you really want us to believe and buy into your show it would behoove you to place to some of our storylines yeah um, i've just been listening to a bunch of stuff talking about uh the book that recently came out um the horror stories in hollywood uh thanana Revdu and uh, uh stephen barnes have on their life writing progress they have their the author of that talking about some of the experiences that have come in hollywood with the storylines for marginalized and uh PO, poc characters such as like what happens Sleepy Hollow uh Shemar's Moore's character on day, uh cr- I think it's criminal minds uh and so forth and the things that they were lacking for them mm-hmm. even the uh storyline for uh what's the name yeah Har- Har- uh, uh I can see his face I can see- <laughs> I can see the name written by for some reason I can't pronounce it's it's uh last name starts with a p he was a uh, um I know he's in matrix the second movie either way he was on lost that was the oh
2: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes yeah you know who I'm
1: talking about yes um and now I know
2: this book too because I read an article on the lost experience Mm -hmm. and I I I so much of what I read I was like yeah I get that I get that I yeah totally yeah
1: and the idea that why would a, a black man who's lost his son on this mysterious island not be more concerned, searching around and frantic for that? Right. While all these other stories are going on.
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Or even as one of the things I was talking about in this podcast, I was just listening yesterday, was talking about Avery Brooks and Star Trek Deep Space Nine and the character he was playing there and how they were, I guess, there's behind the scenes talk about how he. character was supposed to go out and he was against that so all of these things is like we have other stories we can tell for ourselves yeah but also to that end too talking about this aspect of what comes up with our hair i know we talked about it i don't know if you had a chance to check in to uh with martin green's character (laughs) i can see i couldn't
2: remember the name and i was like oh that's all right Uh that's right
1: but uh, draw attention to people is that Okay, if they've watched Star Trek Discovery, over all four seasons, she's gone through different hairstyles. Yeah. Now, this is a future show, and talking about the... We're not even actually fully admitting the struggle she's dealing with with her hair as a character, eventually becoming the captain of the ship, and the situations going on there. To contrast that, she was in The Walking Dead in the earlier seasons, and... What would it look like for a black woman dealing, and even uh, Dana Guerrero's, uh, Michonne's character dealing with a post apocalyptic zombie horror? How much do you worry, think they're running around worrying about their hair at all? It would be even <laughs> worse. It would be even much more frazzled than what it is. But Just that that sense of these little things affect our suspension of reality.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really (laughs) it's really something else. I was just thinking, though, about the like the future. And I was like, damn, even in the future, we don't even have technology dedicated to our hair because just like just right now off the cuff, I'm like, why couldn't she have like a super machine that like it's a hooded thing and it just makes a new hairstyle? That's Mm -hmm. amazing. But Mm -hmm. even in the future, we have no hair care. We there's no hair like nothing. Right. Nothing. And
1: the closest and the closest that was recently seen was last season with uh Ciela Gooding's character portrayal of Ahura, uh-huh. actually having a do-rag cap that she slipped in. Yeah. That's the closest. That's the closest aye, that I have aye, ever aye. seen in any science fiction show <laughs> or movie that has black characters or people of color actually dealing with our hair
0: properly.
2: Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I've had like fantasies of like, oh, man, it would be so awesome to like, you know, have that one episode when everybody's cleaning up, you know, all the white people, they have that episode where they get to take a shower, they get to like be, you know, human Mm -hmm. for a second and to have one where it's like hair care in the apocalypse. What does that look like? Like, what are Mm -hmm. you going to do? You know? Yeah. But I think about it in the context of, well, with the four natural treatment, <laughs> this oh, is yes. what it would look like.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I think that's a perfect place for us to take our break here, because when we come back, we're going to talk about that and also what it means for you to be an entrepreneur, because that's another challenge to mental health as well. Yes. So stay tuned, folks. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist here with Shalita Grant, actress and entrepreneur, and we'll be back shortly. So think about your hair for the future in the centuries to come.
0: Shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Do you often find yourself at odds with coworkers, friends, or family? Do you have a short fuse and easily end up in arguments? Frustrated with your inability to have a healthy dialogue with anyone? Maybe it's time for a shift in your communication style. Maybe it's time to stop telling and start listening. And join this podcast where you'll discover how to elevate your conversation and navigate the tensions in those difficult relationships. Stop telling and start listening with David Cook. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to Clark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark.com at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program.
1: Hello, folks. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls and Tethered. Uh, we had a good laugh during the break here, and we'll probably start off with that from there. Uh, I'm Barry Clark, licensed marriage family therapist, here with Shalita Grant, uh, actress, entrepreneur, and hair care mogul of the, for your prepping futures. Because uh, the joke we were sort of having was, okay, yeah, we can see it's now for the future, okay let me reset this uh i don't know if anyone's seen the movie zombie land because i know they they, two of them there's a one of the running jokes in that movie is that woody harrelson's character is running around trying to find a twinkie because he missed the the feeling and flavor of that and so now just imagine a black woman in that aspect running around looking for food medicine and hair care
2: (laughs) yeah that's awesome like where is the pinks lotion <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> gotta find it
1: <laughs> exactly and i was like oh no no i'm not running away from these zombie motherfuckers without and yes you can cuss on this show uh without the box of the pink stuff or it's like she's held you've held up and built the fortress in the warehouse that has just Cartons and cartons of
2: their piece, <laughs> Miss Jackie's, Aunt Jackie's, yeah, chair <laughs> J- gel. Yeah, no, totally. Oh my god, so great. We should write.
1: <laughs> if not, that would with the renaissance we're having in say Black Horace that could make for an interesting um
2: concept, uh, right? Exactly. Hey, but this is like a side thing, is mm-hmm. like I always loved it when i could make my therapist laugh like i just thought that that always just made me seem like such a fucking genius um so so when your clients make you laugh what do y'all think because i never got to ask her
1: (laughs) well i think it's also a reminder that we're human and that (laughs) part of our uh, part of our work as mental health is about building relationships
2: yeah oh that's dope
1: That human vulnerability, because I'll just get on my soapbox here for a moment. One of the biggest issues we deal with and dealing with therapy for people of our culture and so forth is that relationship. There is a lot of therapy that has been built under a hierarchy where the therapist is supposed to fix everything. And for some people, that's what they desire. But for the rest of us, we're here to be relating to a person just as much. And one of those bonding aspects is what is our hair journey? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I admit, if those of you who see my picture know that I'm more or less generally bald, but believe me, the struggle I have with my beard, oh, there are times for, there are times, yep, hang on a second. Okay. That stopped. There are times where I am just struggling to deal with the flaking and dry skin that comes up and I can't struggle not to wear, or have the, as large of a beard as I probably could have. Mm -hmm. But so that is part of my hair journey.
2: Mm, Yeah. And mine, as you know, uh, really came to uh, an apex, I guess, Mm -hmm. with the NCIS experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I left that show in 2018, um, my biggest fear was that I'd never work again. And before 2018 ended, I shot two shows, two new Mm -hmm. shows. Uh, But then in 2019, I came to the realization that even though I did work again, I was still Mm -hmm. in wigs. Um, Mm -hmm. So based on the therapy that my regular therapist had suggested to me, I did three months of trauma therapy, somatic therapy. And one of the takeaways from that modality of therapy was, you know, really being in touch with your feelings, like being mm-hmm. aware of how those emotions run through the body. And in 2019, I had to own my very hard feelings about Kenya Moore on mm-hmm. Los Angeles of Atlanta and mm-hmm. how luxurious her hair was. And then she was also on a show um, that had like a million people watching it, but mm. she was killing it and she was doing that naturally. And for me, I felt those feelings of jealousy and envy and fear. And, and it was just the fear that I will never figure out how to deal with my hair. Like my hair mm-hmm. will always be the thing that will hold me back.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
2: in 2019, I decided that I was going to solve my problem that Mm -hmm. I was going to make my hair consistent, healthy, and like bulletproof. Like no matter who is doing my hair, no matter what they do to my hair, no matter what hair crimes are committed against me, I will have hair that thrives.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so I looked to science. (laughs) I -hmm. looked to, because of the being open to like a different modality of therapy, I had to be open to a different like certifying body. So I knew about the cosmetology board through my grandmother because my grandma's Mm -hmm. owned a hair salon since before I was born. And you've already
1: had a long history of dealing with hair.
2: Exactly. My first job was the shampoo girl. And boy, if you didn't tip me well, I would just let that hose go on you. And because that was my response, I knew that that was not the place I needed to be. Like, you mm. can't do these petty things against people, uh, but expect to have a career. So I became an actress. And in trying to figure out how to solve this problem, I remembered my grandmother was a great business owner. She Mm -hmm. kept her license. She was a learner. We would go to the Bronner Brothers Convention every couple of years. And so I knew what she knew about hair care and thriving our hair. And that was Mm -hmm. nothing. She knew how to fry it. She knew how to dye it. She knew how to lay it to the side. But she did not know how to thrive it. And so I thought, well, who else knows about hair? because mm-hmm. the cosmetology board just says hair is hair and gets everybody a straight hair mannequin. So I had to go to cosmetic chemistry, which is the study of hair for hair products. Mm-hmm. And so when I bought these journals and was just like reading like, what is hair? I learned like, wow, a lot of what is on offer for black hair is just Band-Aids. It's just, it doesn't even scratch the surface of mm-hmm. the, the the root cause of why we're having the experience with our hair that we're having. So we just believe because of that, because we've been here since 1492, you know, mm-hmm. and we still have the same issues generation after generation after generation. Mm-hmm. You just believe that this is the price of of, of having this hair and it's not really on juneteenth you know the the biggest takeaway for for hair and black hair is now the greatest crime committed against us is one of neglect neglect Mm -hmm. and assimilation right Mm -hmm. so you want us to assimilate with with our hair wear it straight do this do that but then there is just abject neglect of, of this hair and how to make it do what you're requiring us to do. Mm -hmm. So, and then no one is trained. No one is Mm -hmm. trained on this hair. There's no study. That is the definition of erasure. And so for me, I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to take what I'm learning from cosmetic chemistry. (laughs) I'm a smart gal. And I'm just going to look into non-white, but successful hair cultures and mm-hmm. that was India, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Greece. Mm-hmm. And I I loved the Ayurvedic approach of the the people of India that they believe that you can solve the root cause of these human maladies with plants, mm-hmm. that there is God has provided a plant on this earth that will solve everything that we're going through, right? Mm -hmm. And so how did they solve it? Why do they have such a great hair reputation? It's henna. The men, why are they not suffering from flaking faces and, and thin straggly beards? It's henna. They treat it with henna. And Every Indian family has its own like henna mud mask recipe. Mm-hmm. It's not just henna and water. It's henna, it's amla, it's chikake, it's indigo. It's all of these other plants that do other things that you mm-hmm. want it to do. And as a result, one treatment will last the hair. It's permanent. Henna is permanent. It permanently lodges to the strand. So one treatment will last you months of easy, light, free, footloose, fancy free. You want to be free? You get the four natural treatment and mm-hmm. water will work wonders in your hair. Today, I touched my hair up with water earlier today. That was it. And just do my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so- Every treatment also builds on the last. So that answers that thickness problem, right? Where you're like, mm, I wish my hair was a little thicker, like the diameter of the strand was a little mm. more, had a little more oomph. Well, henna, every treatment, henna builds on the last. So mm. the actual hair strand, the diameter of the strand just appears thicker because it's been treated repeatedly. And so when I saw that, I went back to the cosmetology board. Well, Mm -hmm. if this is a miracle, why aren't we doing this? Like, am I missing something? Like, I can't be the only person that sees this. And so what I learned was, yeah, the cosmetology board does have a little section on henna. It's one paragraph and it says, there are a lot of hennas that contain chemical and metallic salts. These chemical and metallic salts have a terrible reaction with hair color, hair dye and Mm -hmm. the hair will smoke. It'll catch fire. And so because you can't tell what henna your client had, don't color or touch or even bring henna into your salon. And so that's what most cosmetologists remember. So they look at henna like it's a bad thing. But when you take that statement And take what they've taken away from that statement. You see that Mm -hmm. that that it's incomplete. It's it's unfair. They said some hennas contain these chemical. So, but what about the ones that don't?
1: Yeah, which is kind of nature.
2: Yeah, it's just nature that these chemical salts. Exactly, it's just the henna plant that's been dried and pulverized into a powder. And then when it's mixed with other liquids, aloe vera, water, whatever, Mm -hmm. it can be applied to the hair and the way that henna functions, the function that you're saying is terrible, that it's permanent and that it remains in the hair. That's actually what people with this hair type have been craving. That's why we use 15 products in our hair because we're like, oh, if I use 15 products, that's going to add enough weight to weigh my hair down. And it's not that. You just get product buildup. Mm-hmm. But henna, when you do 15 henna treatments, your hair just hanging. It's just hanging, a It's doing exactly what you wanted to do with those over-the-counter products. But you're doing it in one treatment.
1: Hmm. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, it's strange as you were describing that. I suddenly felt like this is no different than the executives on the show saying they don't care
2: yeah yeah it's exactly the same. So again that's why for me it's very clear that this is an issue of neglect mm-hmm. intentional or unintentional that it's it's just plain old neglect just we're not even going to acknowledge the issues that you're having And one mm-hmm. of the things that came to me after my you know third treatment, for me, this was about solving a problem. It wasn't about starting a business. It was about solving this typical black hair with a typical career. How Mm. can I make it so that no matter what a director asks of me, I can do it? Like my hair Mm. is not going to hinder me. And so after my third treatment, And I'm like living free and I'm recognizing I'm not spending a lot of money at hair salons. I'm not buying new products. I'm just using what I have because it actually works Mm -hmm. better in my hair because I have better hair. Mm -hmm. I realize the best way to rob a people is to convince them that they have no value. So because you don't value the hair growing out of your head because of all the can'ts, right? The inabilities. You spend money, invest hundreds, thousands of dollars in other hair, in chemical things, in professionals who are just hiding the problem, right? And so you're investing out of your house, right? Mm -hmm. With the Four Naturals treatment, I realized I didn't need to spend all that money. I got better hair. And so my with better hair, I have better processing, I have better styling, I have better manageability. So mm-hmm. there's no need to purchase intervention pro, uh, intervention products or services because there's nothing to intervene with. My hair is just great. I can straighten it. I can wear it curly. Perfect.
1: Beautiful. Which also brings up that aspect, too, of the idea that there's entire industries that are built around the idea of... Intervention, and they're the last ones you want to see a solution come up because guess what? They've built themselves and their their sense of identity around that intervention.
2: Yeah, around you not being good enough for you. Mm -hmm. Like if you just your whole problem is you. And if for $79.99, if you just buy this, it's going to make you so much better. And then mm-hmm. you ain't going to be you because you don't need to be you. You need to be somebody else. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you just try to become somebody else. And then you're having this taut relationship with yourself when the wig comes off, when the track slips, because you're revealing yourself to yourself Mm -hmm. oh man i just thought of another hold on i'm gonna plug up my computer one second
1: not a problem Uh, because because i can just think about how many times do we have the jokes about the drag queen or or even just the idea that you've managed to rip your aunt's wig off at the christmas dinner that have been used as jokes in black media for i mean how long yeah 1970s
2: Yeah. And and it how
1: belittling that is to women or those who have to wear that the hair wigs. I mean, even to the standpoint of black men wearing the toupees, just because of, of the feeling of the image of self.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just like how that has lent itself to, you know, people yanking black women's wigs off in public like mm-hmm. walking down the street just yanking them off like doing youtube videos that are like prank videos about like snatching black women's wigs off mm-hmm. so for for us the people who are bewigged you know there is this paranoia of like do you see the lace um mm-hmm. you know is something showing you know i can't bend my head over cuz you'll see everything like and even sex can be awkward, right? Mm-hmm. Like do you, do you touch it? Do you not touch it? Do you put it on the stand? You know, like what do you do? You know, how mm-hmm. do you deal with your hair? And so again, for me the goal was about freedom. The goal mm-hmm. was about charting all of these areas in my life where I felt shame, where I felt blame about my hair. And I wanted to heal that. Mm-hmm. And I did.
1: Hmm. <laughs> and to that end i'm wondering what your experience been like as an entrepreneur in and it of itself uh, being here also championing your product
2: yeah i becoming an entrepreneur was a challenge um it was a challenge because it it made me come face to face with a limiting self-belief that I had based on childhood. Mm -hmm. So as a kid, my mom was 18. My dad was 17 when they had me. You know, they were wild, like they were kids and their goals were the new Jack City life. So my mom Mm -hmm. went to jail. Uh, My dad was shot in his face. He survived. Um, My mom got out and they just made really poor decisions. And one of the things that I recognized in my mom that was just so bizarre was that my mother had like, and still lives this way, like 70 professions. You know, she was a author, a manager of models, a manager of singers, an, uh, a perfumiere. Uh, She had a hair salon. She became a mime. She was a dead youth pastor you you know just like every week almost it felt like she had some new like career playwright actor producer documentarian Mm -hmm. uh camera person like it's just like every it was so chaotic and i knew with that hustle lifestyle the other side of that was horrible if you're Mm -hmm. a dependent on someone Mm -hmm. who's living this like erratically and so one of the takeaways as a kid was I said, you have to do one thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can only do one thing. If you're going to be successful, you can only do one thing. And so, and I had evidence of that in my life. You know, the two high schools that I went to, they were performing arts high school. The second one I went in, I, I won all this stuff, got noticed by Juilliard, went in audition, got into Juilliard. And so, you know, I've traveled the world before I was 17 based on acting. So I Mm -hmm. had all of these, like, this is what it is. And then like, here I am with this magic mud mask. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to get this to everyone, but I can only do one thing. Mm -hmm. I can't be an entrepreneur and be successful. And so that has been part of, you know, my growth being an entrepreneur is it's a spiritual journey more than anything. And I like to think of it as like I'm building a roller coaster in my backyard. That's what I tell myself when the going gets tough, and it's like and the thing goes, and then it, it doesn't go over, and it's just like goes down like that. So it's like, okay, I gotta build another thing and make this go, and then we test it, you know. And that's been the experience, but you know, the, the spiritual growth part, the, all of the limiting self-beliefs and that imposter syndrome. Um, one of the things that became apparent to me was my thoughts of like, my thoughts of like, who do you think you are? You can't do this. Who do you think you are? That, that imposter syndrome, it's, it's meant to stop me. It's meant mm-hmm. for me for everything to stop and then I go away because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, right? And no one, I don't know a successful, you know, multi-hyphenate in my family. I don't have that, you know, track to follow. Mm-hmm. And but you can so,
1: invent it for yourself and for and, those who come after.
2: Exactly. And that's what I did. So for me, the imposter syndrome became, these are my pit stops. I'm going to actually listen to that. I'm going to listen to that not the the meat but the bone. Like like alright, like not the bone but the meat. Like alright, not the the who do you think you are? I'm going to take the you don't ha- know anything about websites and how they work. Okay, that's a pit stop. That's not a you got now you got to take mm-hmm. your ball and leave the arena. That's mm-hmm. a okay, now I'm going to learn. Who do I learn from? Who not how? Okay. Let mm-hmm. me hire this person and da Boom, done. Now what? Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you go 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 and then that imposter syndrome pops up again and it's like who do you think you are? You don't know anything about like money systems and, and making sure that how to get a dermatological testing. And it's like, what if people's hair fall out? And it's like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. what if people's hair falls out? But that's the bone. Let Mm -hmm. me go back to the meat thing. You can get dermatological testing. It's like less than $2,000. Okay, great. I can make that happen. Let me do that. And so in these years, it's been me learning how to work with myself again but like in a different arena
1: Mm -hmm. it's the fact that you you weren't stuck in one central idea about who you were you could have more than one idea you just didn't need to have 30 different ideas of who you were yeah you have three or four and some of those three or four can overlap and work together
2: yeah 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 so like putting that little girl in check like Listen, <laughs> and you don't have to have one job. Like you said, you can have three. They can overlap. Like life is long, dear, you know?
1: Well, if anything, I wouldn't have said, putting the little girl in check is like helping her see the dreams that she wasn't getting to see.
2: That's beautiful. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a perfect place for us to go and wrap. So where can people find more about you and especially for Naturals?
2: go to FourNaturalsHair.com. That's F-O-U-R, naturals, as in all of us, plural, hair.com. And you can follow us at FourNaturalsHair.com or follow me only on Instagram, Shalita Grant.
1: All righty. So it has been a pleasure and thank you for being on the show. And I look forward to everyone hearing more about this. And you have a good rest of Juneteenth. Even though we're going to be hearing this all in August, Have a great rest of Juneteenth itself.
2: (laughs) Thank you. You too. All right.
1: So stay tuned, folks. We'll have another episode coming out for you for the rest for September, which this point I figure is also going to be our two-year anniversary. So we'll be seeing where we go with that. But uh, stay tuned for more of Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered.
0: Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.